Hello, and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I am Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic and also very much not an evangelical. And we are deconstructing. And reconstructing together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as... Deconstructing together. Domestic abuse. I am a survivor. The Cult of ATI, Part 1 and 2, and Dehumanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. Today, we are talking about the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, yes that's, that's the, the book, book for, for me. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave me hanging. <laughs> it's not the book for me, so. <laughs> we didn't practice that. No. Oh, you make me laugh. It makes my head hurt. <laughs> All right. I got a bit of a headache today. So, Bible. So, Bible. what is your... What are your questions about the Bible? I question everything about the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, up to now, I mean, I, I grew up being taught that it was the inherent word, word of God. That it was... Inherent. Inherent. There's no H in there. No. Ah, French. <laughs> the inherent... Word of God inspired, fully to be trusted, fully to be followed. Um, no doubts, no questions. No, it's the book of the books. It's the bestseller. It's the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then earlier this year in the spring, combination of a lot of things, but what was the final straw of it is reading a book on Christian forgiveness. And I was interested in this book because the author had also written one on um, the Christian Guide to No Contact. Um, and she supported her book and her um, what she was teaching completely with bi- tons of Bible verses. Um, and yet, it was teaching forgiveness from <laughs> biblical perspective, but it was different than mm-hmm. what I usually heard about forgiveness, which, you know, I feel like I was taught forgiveness, like a forgive and forget kind of thing, or at least like forgive, 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 no matter what, you always forgive, always forgive. It's for your best. It's what God wants. You always forgive, 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 forgive. Whereas she brought out like that the other person has to be repentant. The other person has to make it right before you forgive kind of thing. And she fully supported it with scripture and Jesus example and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made sense. And then it's just like something switched inside. And I was like, people use the Bible to say whatever the heck they want. The Bible can be interpreted in so many freaking ways. Um, so if you want to uh, say whatever your idea is and you want it support it, you can make it biblical. Um, and that's just like made me be at the time. I was also reading a lot of memoirs and some of them people hurt so deeply by religion, by their religion, other religions, and their book, holy book, you know, whether it's Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses, or like they have their own books. And that also hurts. And religious trauma traumatizes other people. So I'm like, how is the Bible any different than all these other books that are also claiming to be the truth, that are also claiming to be inspired word of God, that are also claiming all these things and tell us how to live and is abusing, religious abusing 
people. Um, so I'm just like, how is the Bible any different than that? And, and, and I still wonder that. It's been months and I'm still like, what, how is, is the Bible really anything different uh, than any other book? Um, to me, I feel like, how is it? Why is it any different? Is it inspired because it says so? I mean, any book can say whatever they want. Like, oh, this book says it's inspired by God. This book says it's inspired by Oprah. This, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. you can't take a self-claim and make it true. Like, right. <laughs> um, so yes, that is where I'm at with the Bible. And since Christianity is based on the Bible, then I can't understand Christianity. Mm -hmm. I can't follow Christianity. I can't, when it bases everything on the Bible as a guidance, as a rule book. Um, but if the Bible is just written by men, for men, to oppress women, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked here. Yeah. But like, but you know what I mean? Just like, if it's just written by men and for men, like, why would I follow it? Yeah. So, um, for different podcasts, I've been very deconstructing and like kind of questioning a lot of things for this podcast. I want to back up, like kind of pretend that I'm Mr. Evangelical. Um, because with the difference that we just, we recorded a podcast recently. I just listened to it again today about, I brainwashed myself and, um, I wasn't able to speak on these topics and I think that, and nobody is, nobody's allowed to talk on these topics unless you say exactly what you're allowed to say. Um, because you will absolutely get canceled. You will actually absolutely get called a heretic. If you say precisely, if you don't say precisely the right thing on biblical inerrancy. And what that means is that we can't think through these issues very well. And we can't explain these issues very well to people. And as a result, people have a very confused idea of what the Bible is. And honestly, myself, as somebody with a master's studying my doctorate in, in apologetics, I feel like my, eth my idea of ethics, <clears throat> how I understand what we're supposed to do from the Bible, is very weak. Uh, and my understanding of how we interpret the Bible, hermeneutics, is very weak because these are just issues that, you're not allowed to have any opinion that is not exactly right. Um, and so that's just like, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you two stories. Um, like in seminary, uh, as we were going through and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see Briarcrest seminary as in a more and more positive light. I used to be kind of mad at that school because it, it made me question, but <laughs> now I wish I had kept going with the questioning instead of, um, resisting it so much, but they gave me a book called to each its own meaning. And it was full of, there were about 13 different ways of interpreting the Bible. And that really shook me because I thought you just read the Bible and that's what it is. That's God's word. Well, that's how your parents, <clears throat> that's definitely how my parents <laughs> did it. <clears throat> and I was very shaken by that. <clears throat> and, but eventually I figured out kind of a way to make that fit with my faith and I had a more complex and, and more like a broader view of scripture. It's still very evangelical and conservative, but just understood that the picture is a little bit bigger. And I was going to lay all that out in a sermon the night before I was feeling kind of nervous about it. So I reached out to a random friend that I knew in Bible school and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be talking about 
how the Bible was written and transmitted to us. I'm just feeling a little bit nervous. Could you pray for me? And he came back with just kind of like, wow, like, uh, are you sure? Like, you wouldn't want to make people stumble or just like he was very uneasy about it. And that made me uneasy about it. So I switched top, switched uh, tracks last minute and preached something completely safe and different. And um, as a result, I, you know, my co congregation didn't hear about that. You didn't hear about that at the time. And those thoughts didn't advance. And like coming out of seminary, I didn't, my teachers didn't believe in inerrancy as most evangelicals do. Um, but all the missions boards said, you have to believe in inerrancy. And so I had a bit of a crisis and I read a bunch of books and I was like, I don't quite know that it makes sense, but I kind of was close enough <laughs> and I signed and I was like, I'm not going to think more about this topic because if I do, then basically I can't work anywhere. Like that's the bottom line. Almost all denominations, like they might, they might say, well, you can come in if you're a Pentecostal or if you're Anabaptist, you can be a pacifist, all these things, but you have to agree that the Bible is the inerrant, the inspired word of God. Um, and so it means that we just can't think about these topics. And, and then a book like the Da Vinci Code comes along, which is mostly nonsense, but there's enough truth in it. And the fact that nobody talks about these issues, that it really destabilizes a lot of people. Because, you know, how do we know that it, it wasn't just made up or uh, it didn't just come to be the Bible around the time of Constantine or that things didn't change all throughout history, you know? Because, like, the, the idea that we are told that people in the pew receive due to our silence and due to some people speaking is that the Bible is perfect, right? There are no mistakes. That's what inerrant means. No mistakes. Nowhere. All the science is perfect. All the grammar is perfect. All the, um, if you compare one version of a story with another version, they line up perfectly. It was perfectly transmitted to us. There was nobody that made a typo along the way. There were no, nothing lost, nothing imperfect. Anyone who reads it will see exactly the same thing in the Bible. Uh, and that means that we're all going to agree on all the rules and all the ideas. And so if anybody doesn't, if anybody picks up a Bible and reads it and believes something other than us, the only explanation is that either that they're stupid <clears throat> or that they're demon possessed, pretty much. And that it just, I mean, it doesn't work for one thing, as you were mentioning, people get very different ideas, but also that doesn't work historically. It doesn't work in any sense of when you know the broader story of how the Bible was written, it just doesn't work. It's just not true. But that is the, that is the message that people in the pew believe. And if you try and say something different than that, then you're going to have real problems. Even though I think most people that have a master's level, probably even a bachelor's level, know that the story is not that. It's much more complicated than that. But as someone who grew up in the church from infancy, who was in a pastor's home, who mm -hmm. was homeschooled with a very strict Christian program, who studied it day in, day out, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you want to have screen time and watch a movie, you have to have a ready Bible. Like, just, you can't have one without the other. Like, it, very strict. Um, if anyone had told me, or told my dad, really, um, that those questions, those things that you say, it's not as simple as that, or it's more complicated than that. If anyone had said that, we'd be like, well, they're not true Christians. Mm -hmm. They're backsliding. They're lukewarm. Um, a true Christian 
believes the Bible is inherent. A true Christian mm-hmm. um, believes it's the inspired word of God. A true Christian bases their whole life on their own interpretation <laughs> of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you end up with all these denominations. That's another one of my mm-hmm. pet peeves now. It's like, well, there's so many denominations based on your own interpretation. So people are like, no, 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 you can believe the Bible. Like, the Bible is true. But it's like, well, then why do you have all these denominations? Like, well, because, like, well, uh, um, <laughs> no, other people don't have it right. I have it right. <laughs> yeah. But from me, where I'm sitting now, like, this past year, becoming basically agnostic, like, because I can't, I can't see how the Bible can be what we say it is. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you were taught in seminary, what, but anyone with a master's or more, I mean, a bachelor's or more, like you just say, believe it to be more complex than that. Maybe that's only those people. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you can't talk about it without being kicked out of the circle. Yeah. Um, I cannot, I can't be the only one who is not, who ends up basically kicking the whole thing out, out of my life because I can't be all in, because yeah. I can't believe it all. Because I can't, because I see the hypocrisy and I see the, the, the changes in my interpretation is better than yours. And if I'm more fundamentalist, then, then I'm better and I'm a purer Christian and better Christian than others who don't follow as precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just combine all these thoughts. I, it feels like a jumbled mess. I don't know if it makes sense as I'm talking. Yeah, no, but it does. Like in my mind, I'm like, how is the Bible any different than uh, than any other self-help book (laughs) yeah and maybe i'll jump to the present instead of being an evangelical and get back to my real self which is that i am questioning all this and as much as i can say it's more complicated than that um in one way or another how we were raised was basically that the bible was going to tell you the rules for life like this is what to believe this is what to do to get to heaven to live a good life but people don't agree on the ideas and they don't believe on the rules. So how can you how can we say that the Bible is some sort of a a fixed like it's some sort of a fixed message or it's some sort of a, a truth? The perfect message of God. Yeah, and I I think where I'm at is that it doesn't seem like the Bible functions as a fixed set of rules or a fixed set of ideas. <clears throat> it doesn't work. And I think that that, um, and that should be obvious to anybody that really has a good look at it. The only way that you can believe that the Bible is just like a car manual that you open up and it tells you exactly precisely what to believe, exactly precisely what to do, is if you never get out of your bubble. Mm. If you get out of your bubble, you realize there's a lot of really good people that read it differently. Um, Or if you have some sort of an authority and you're like well the pope says this that's the the pope says the bible says this so that's what the bible says or my pastor says the bible says this so that you know if you have an authority in there or if you quote unquote have the holy spirit so then you're the authority god speaks straight to you then you can say well the bible says this and the holy spirit somebody on facebook was telling me that the other day i have the holy spirit in me and that's what tells me that this is what the bible verse says or if you have some sort of a tradition like a baptist tradition or a mennonite tradition and if you don't really examine that, you just read the Bible through your tradition, you can believe that the Bible is straightforward and anybody that 
that's reading in a certain way. Yeah. But it seems like if you get out of those bubbles, if you cross-pollinate between different denominations, you realize pretty quick exactly what you're saying, that it doesn't work as far as um, giving us precise information. Now, I do think, though, that it does aim everybody in kind of a similar direction. Um, And there are some things that are communicated really importantly in scriptures and there are some things that are less important or perhaps cultural for a time and Jesus seems to be really in the center of scriptures and he says that the whole Bible is about him and if there's a way that we can say well it's about Jesus not about all the rules there might be a way that we can read the Bible in a relevant way if that makes sense yeah and I do know for myself like the Bible has been so tinted from childhood, yeah. teenage years, that I've honestly been turned off about mm-hmm. it. Like I didn't realize it until this year, um, and I was talking with a counselor, and then I realized like every time for the last many years that I read Christian books and or articles or something, and they quote the Bible, I skip over it. Mm-hmm. I just skip over it. Um, and he gave me a term for it, and I wish I could remember what the term was, but it's like a physical reaction to just skipping over it. Um, when we got married, couldn't even see you reading the Bible. It just communicated rejection. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I got off track. No, but that's... That so is part it of it. It does influence like yeah. how people have used the Bible in the past, yeah. and you're talking about cultural views or like mm-hmm. our heritage or... Our interpretation, like our lens that we see the Bible, to me, c- has communicated rejection mm-hmm. and not acceptance, and then has also communicated abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible being used to control and manipulate and tell me what to believe or tell me how wrong I am, tell me how evil I am, and tell me. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Of so rules. when you when you read a verse of the Bible. You don't just read that verse, you hear all the sermons that were attached to that and all the messages yes. that were attached to that and and you feel the weight of all the Yeah. All the and religious to me, trauma. That's, yeah, it's religious trauma, it's abuse spiritual abuse. It's it was used as spiritual narcissism really. The Bible mm-hmm. was used to to allow that to happen yeah. in my life. Um so maybe it it affects where I'm at now with the Bible. Um where for years all I could do is read a few verses a day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know the Bible inside out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it really, really well. You do, yeah. Um, because it was shoved down so much. Mm-hmm. So maybe it influences it. But for me to be like, okay, well, I'll acknowledge that the Bible is not perfect, but it's has some good guidelines, and then just use it as that, to me that's lukewarm and useless. Mm. Like... You're all in or you're all out. Do you believe the Bible or do you not? Mm-hmm. Well, I used to and now I don't because I'm questioning it. So I guess I'm all out. Mm-hmm. Like, And I know we've talked about this a little bit outside of podcasting. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, who says you have to be all in, all out? Well, I don't know. All, all Christianity says <laughs> all in or all out. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's the circle. That's the bubble mm-hmm. that I know. And I don't know how to get outside of that. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not the only one. I've heard from plenty of others, too, that they're the same way. Um, but that is the problem of using a book mm-hmm. 
to control and dictate and manipulate and abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, I don't know what to do with that as far as... Fix me. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, okay, so... You can't fix me. <laughs> I guess I guess the way I said that highlights that I do want to fix you. And I'm approaching this problem as I don't know how to fix you instead of approaching it as caring for you or, or a different thought process. Um, I mean, we've talked about being allergic to re- religion and people can have, well, people like myself can be raised around so much mold that they have an intolerance to it afterwards. Uh, and you can, it seems like, well, myself as well, to some extent, have had so much religion in a negative way that when we feel, see, or touch religion, it causes an emotional reaction. It really does. Um, that's yeah. kind of been interesting to notice. It seems like I'm opening the door to all this stuffed religious trauma. Yeah. And it's made me be intolerant to any of it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just had a good discussion with friends recently Mm -hmm. and it was centered on how to have a a church more like Jesus Mm -hmm. and I felt my body reacting and then I was laid in bed for a day Mm -hmm. with a migraine um it's real yeah religious trauma is real and it's all fine and well to say like um well I mean I just did an interview with Brexy Cavey and it'll be one of the previous podcasts and I asked him this question and he said um and this was the one answer that I was like not completely thrilled with. I really loved the interview, but he towards the end said, well, if you have a trauma, you need to try and work past it, which is like theoretically, yes, you you do want to push towards healing. But at the same time, if you understand post-traumatic stress disorder, if you have really been traumatized by something, like if you've been raped or if you've been robbed um, or something, seeing that person or seeing that place like you might never get to a place where you can see a rapist and be like hey how's it going you know Mm -hmm. like that that trauma might always be part of you because some traumas just should never be and there are people that have religious trauma syndrome where they they literally have post-traumatic stress from some of the abuses that they've received in church and there isn't it, it doesn't seem as though there is a promise that someday you'll get past this and it's all gonna be sunny and wonderful and beautiful um, that's kind of a Christian way of seeing it as opposed to perhaps a psychologically realistic way of seeing it. Um, so I, I, I hear you and I feel you. I know exactly what you're talking about as far as seeing verses and just seeing the traditions and, and the, the legalism behind it. Um, there's also clearly the Bible, like the whole half, first half of the Bible is legalistic right yeah it's it's designed to be a theocratic system and then jesus comes along and says here's a different way but then pretty quickly the church reverted back to that and yet we say we don't have to follow the old testament rules because jesus overrode them with love others and love your god or yeah those yeah two. he narrowed it down to that but the church doesn't follow that no, to and follow all the rules, and yet we can say, well, those these rules that we don't want to follow, those don't matter mm-hmm. because Jesus overrode them, but He didn't overrule these ones. So follow these ones. And then we have a bunch of cultural rules that are invisible, 
Yeah. That we don't speak from the pulpit, but act, or maybe we do, but you know, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you, you don't dress dance, modestly. Don't go to movie theaters, you know? Yeah. You don't own, depending on your circle, you don't own, own the TV, you're supposed to have a large family, all these Some things. Some even, you don't eat pork. Right. <laughs> and so any small tradition or following your teacher can have your own rules and yeah and we say it's from the bible but really and it becomes about following really. all the rules as opposed to something like following jesus so i'll just be honest i don't know not my previous evangelical self didn't know i was offered to teach a course i love teaching bible school courses they offered me ethics and i said some, some have somebody else do it because literally i don't know how to teach ethics I don't know how to get the rules out of the Bible. I, I know, like, I can do it. I can say, well, this verse, that verse, and, and draw them together. But as far as the rules, why why do you not use the Old Testament as much as the New Testament? How does, like, I don't know. I don't think anybody has a really good answer. And I didn't even get into all the stuff about all the things. Like, the Bible, it's complicated. This story that we're told about the Bible being perfect, it's, nobody believes it. I'm not saying that the Bible is garbage, like it is historically reliable in a general sense, it's like as a historical document, it's yeah. reliable. It is coherent in that it has a certain sort of a message to it, but it it's not perfect in the sense that people usually mean when they say perfect. And like this is uh, this would be interesting for another podcast, but you know we're very interest we're very influenced without realizing it by modernity by this this way of thinking in philosophy of modernity that everything needs to be perfect uh, and everything has to be like have mathematical certainty we and we need to have ideas in our head that are 100% mathematically perfect and sure and then we go out in the world and we try and make the world fit to our mathematical certainty that's modernity and the church is very modern in the sense that we're like it's got to be perfect it's got to line up we have to know exactly what we believe or else it's nothing, it's garbage. And I think that we need, I think this is a recent way of looking at the Bible and it doesn't work. It, it just, it does not work. You can't read the Bible that way. Uh, so I don't really know what the way forward is, but I do know that that way of thinking doesn't work. Yeah. I think as a way to wrap up, I think I would just say like that the Bible and how we view it is heavily influenced by our childhood. It's heavily influenced by our past experiences. It's heavily influenced by our culture, our lens, mm -hmm. perception, how we view the world, how we interpret it. It's influenced by our personality, whether we're trying to find all the rules, whether we're, we see everything black and white, or whether we're looking more for a relationship. Um, it's just things to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what the answer is. It's a jumbled mess in my head, although I've talked about it here, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know where I'll end up in the future, but that's just, you know, we're podcasting through our deconstruction and that's mm -hmm. where we're at. And that's one of the big questions that we're asking. Yeah. And I just want to be honest about some of the things that ha that I've been silent on for a long time because it just hasn't fit. It hasn't yeah. worked. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Our two-year-old is here saying goodbye. Right? Can you say goodbye? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. Bye, everyone.